Hello, everybody. Welcome to another. Oh, this is random. We don't really do this very often anymore. We used to do this all the time, and I'm, I plan on starting to do it more often. This but... is this is a way to shut me up in the group chat so I don't give away spoilers. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, we we were just chatting in our group chat about um, Boba Fett, and I wanted to. I was like, let's see who's available and come on in the chat. We might have other people join us during this. We might not, but um. You know, Mike and I, uh, we saw this episode through two very different lenses, and I thought it'd be fun for us to come on here and chat about it, because I, okay, so spoilers, there's going to be a lot of spoilers in this uh, review, slash discussion, slash chat, so you guys are warned, if you haven't seen it yet, then, like, what are you doing? You guys need to jump off this review and go watch it. I do want to say, in my defense, in the group chat, is that I didn't say any actual names i just said redacted like i actually i was like cool yeah 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 no you you didn't do anything wrong at all (laughs) so let's so i i there's been a lot of speculation about well it's been a lot let's let's talk about this show as a whole like what have you thought about the book of boba fett up until episode five when it became the mandalorian (laughs) (laughs) um well basically my thoughts the past couple of weeks that on the on the podcast kind of remain the same. I'm kind of in the same camp as a lot of as some of our fellow geeks, as it were. Where it's it can be an interesting idea. Around episode four, I felt they started re- starting to drag their feet a little bit. Like I, I did like the background stuff regarding Boba Fett. Regarding okay, here's how he got out of the pit, and here's what he was up to in the desert. And I, I actually liked that aspect, the whole being with the Tusken Raiders for a while. I think once that arc kind of completed, I started losing interest because that for me was the more interesting part of the show. Like I knew the crime syndicate story was going to play into it far more. Uh, But that's all this is going to look like, but I'm kind of like, I haven't really built up much anticipation for this finale. And I, I am, I'm appreciative of the episode and three quarters we got with the Mandalorian because it kind of gave it a little shot in the arm of like energy just to see what he's been up to. But at the same time, it's kind of like okay, it's still slow. It's still slowly uh, building up to the point where we left off back in episode four. At yeah, yeah, point. yeah. We're we're getting the opposite side of the story and. Um... Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I like the uh, Western kind of feel, like the slow burn of the first four episodes a whole lot. And mm-hmm. I was really I was really into it. As somebody, I don't know, man. I, I always like describe myself as more of a Star Trek guy, but I'm finding myself more and more like enthralled with Star Wars. And I, I don't know, Book of Boba Fett, I was having a lot of fun with it. I liked that it was taking its time to build out the story and let us know what you know kind of going on with him what he's been up to it makes- I, will, I will say star wars tv so far that's the thing it's like this is only really the second thing outside of the star wars anime stuff mm-hmm. that we've gotten uh or no well i mean mandalorian star wars anime or visions i guess is what's called and this but i'm appreciative of kind of some of the stylistic choices they're taking like you like you said the slow burn um, but yeah, it's, I know other times it can be weird and I'm sure we'll get into the weird factor. Uh, yeah. So episode five, like I didn't, 
I didn't realize how much of a slow burn it was. I know that the guys on the podcast had always said that, but it felt fine to me. It felt like, you know, just a show that I was watching and I was really enjoying. And then episode five hit and the speed and the pacing just, it ramped up like to a whole nother degree. Like it didn't feel like, it felt like a continuation of the Mandalorian, not a continuation of Boba Fett, which I know what they're doing. I know the whole point of the book of Boba Fett was to bring kind of give the Boba Fett character some room to breathe, tell his story, how he got to where he got, and then it was going to tie back into the Mandalorian. I kind of expected that. didn't expect that until Mandalorian Season 3, but we're here. And Episode 5 I had a lot of fun with, and then Episode 6. When I, when I stopped watching it, I almost decided not to continue with my Good Watch binge, or the Good Wife binge, and go back and watch... Uh, the book of Boba Fett again because uh, it episode six is fan service. Like you think Spider Man uh, No Way Home is fan service? Yeah, it's like John Favreau said, "Hold my beer," and then went and did this because as a fan, I was serviced. Like they they delivered on so much, and you know, um, just start from the beginning. You know, one they tied it back to uh, Padme's. Uh, original like ship that she used and well it's it's um yeah it's a naboo starfighter basically right he he basically soups up i thought that was actually kind of cool that they dedicated like a portion of episode five to amy sedaris and the mandalorian just souping up an old starfighter that i i kind of like that just another like day in the life of people in the galaxy nothing epic at stake nothing to grand it's just let's get him a new ride and i kind of like that kind of don't like that the rebel alliance is now like basically cops on power trips <laughs> like they're just basically like necessarily catching him in a speed trap and giving him a hard time i'm just like i don't know if i like that too much but what's up kathleen i agree i loved everything with her because and i love the whole i dated a jawa once and that was really funny she said that they were really hairy. Like I didn't expect the Jawa to be hairy. I don't know what I expected, but um, yeah, I think. Well, I mean, I think there's been like concept art where it's like Jawas early concept art showing like Jawas have fur or something like that. Like no one really knows what's going on under the, under those hoods. One of the so. things I like about the series is it's given the Tusken Raiders and the Jawas like actual characters. Like they're actually like characters and not just like. There. Until until they're until they're just sacrificially killed off for a symbolic gesture, sure. <laughs> like, like yeah, it was cool getting a little bit more into the Tuscan Raider like culture and to see like someone interact with them and them not just being like these boogeymen of the desert. And then it's just like, okay, here's why they're here, so that they can, you know, just be killed off in some way that somehow promotes Boba Fett to doing what. He was probably going to do anyways. <laughs> yeah, but um, so we'll f we kind of got ahead of ourselves because uh, the Mandalorian go is back on Mando or on the the their planet, and he well, the guy like, tried to take his death saber away from him. Was that today's episode? Because I watched them back to back. No, wait, yeah, that's the thing is that I, I I missed last week. I didn't watch episode five last week around the time I typically would. So I, I'm I watched them tonight earlier tonight back to back yeah episode five mandalorians on the mass effect citadel that that's not their planet i don't it's just like a space station okay. type of setup and that's just where 
the weapons person and her follower have like relocated to. So they're just hanging out there in the underground area of the space station trying to start fresh. Yeah. And yeah, so, he brings the dark saber to them and says like, it's heavy. And it's, and that like, he's challenged for it. Right. And then he melts down his spear into a gift for, I'm calling him baby Yoda. I'm not calling him Grogu. That's a, <laughs> It's such a stupid name. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's melted down into a gift for him. So Yeah. And then so after he gets his uh, um, spaceship built and re like fast and furiousized, he goes up into space <laughs> to go find Grogu. And as soon as he said he was going to see Grogu, we all know who we were gonna see in this episode and that was luke skywalker yeah I, I know we have very different opinions on luke skywalker and we'll get to that before we see yeah. luke skywalker though we see ahsoka Tano. i i don't have a problem here i don't have a problem with luke skywalker i have a problem with his presentation in this show like like the technicalities of his presentation in this show i have an issue with so but we'll get to that like you said ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano. What do you think of Ahsoka Tano? Because I know if Max was here, he'd be cussing because he hates I know. <laughs> I, I honestly... Here's the whole thing. I don't know a lot about the expanded Star Wars media we've gotten outside of the new movies. So we're pretty much in the same camp. I, I, I've barely watched any of Clone Wars to really get a, a beat on that character. I know she's in the Clone Wars. And I've seen some episodes here and there. And she seems okay. For what she needs to be in the story, which is sort of like an anchor for the for Anakin to kind of you know give him an actual like personality. He needs to run dialogue off of someone who won't always be dry and sardonic like Obi Wan is. Like, and and from what I've seen, I I think she works great as a character for what she needs to do. So I don't know much about her outside of how she serves in an episode to episode format, but. It's fine. Rosario Dawson's cool. I like Rosario Dawson. I do too, and I'm I'm in the same boat. I actually had to message some Star Wars experts about who the guy at the end of this episode was. But uh, yeah, it's always fun <laughs> to see Ahsoka Tano. I love one thing I love about Dave Filoni, and I wish the movies did not do this very well, especially the new well the new movies didn't do this very well. Which is, you feel like it's a universe, and it's not so small. Even though we're going back to see Luke, but we're we're starting to expand this universe and. He's tying people in. And when he ties people in, I feel like it makes sense. Like the fact that he went to see Grogu, we know where Grogu is. So it made sense that Luke was there. It's not like he was on Tatooine and Luke just walked by. and was like, hi guys, how are you doing? Um, so yeah. Um, but why is she there? Because, see, one of the things I wish that we had gotten in this episode was, because we got it hinted. Luke obviously knows that she's I mean, his father. I would love to see that conversation. when Yeah, meta-text-wise, meta I know why she's there, because she has a spinoff coming soon, so they need to <laughs> get her out there more and more. So I know why the character is there in terms of the marketing. Story-wise, I'm just kind of like, when did she meet up with Luke or was it just like, Oh, okay. She's communicating through the force to him or something, even though she's not really much of a Jedi anymore or whatever. I, I, I was just kind of like, she's here. Yeah, you're right. She's here purely for the fan service of it. Like, honestly, he could have Mandalorian could have had that whole exchange with Luke himself mm -hmm. and you wouldn't have lost anything, but Ahsoka, Ahsoka being there, I don't think really added or took away 
from those character interactions. It was just like, well, Ahsoka might as well be here because she has a show coming up, so we better promote her. So, yeah, see, like I was saying, the scene I would want between Luke and Ahsoka, I wish we'd had in this episode. Maybe we'll get it in yeah. the Ahsoka show, which is the, um, you know, I knew your dad. I think that'd be a fascinating conversation because all Luke knew of his father was that he was Darth Vader. Like, yeah. he didn't really know much of the backstory. And she was there for all of it. Like, she could give that to him. It'd be a fun conversation to listen to. But um, I thought I thought Luke looked good. I thought he looked as good as he did in the Mandalorian episode. Better, actually. I thought he looked better than Tarkin, yeah. for sure. I was like, wow, this is looking better. It doesn't look that great. Um, first of all, also, like, they did kind of have a throwaway conversation. She's like, you're very much like your father. Yeah, yeah. For something that I'm like, is that really something his father was, would do? Because I really didn't get a beat on Anakin as a character in the prequels. Because yeah, I mean, he kind of wasn't a character. So is that something Anakin would have done? I don't know. Maybe it's something he did in the Clone Wars. Yeah. But clearly they've had that conversation already. And it's just like, well, well, here we are just talking about your dad again. Cool. Um, I'm not a fan of CGI, Luke. It works in small doses, not half the episode. Oh, no, not even half the episode. 75% of the episode. I, I, it, was, it was distracting for me. I, I could do this much in an episode. I could not Lucasfilm. <laughs> like as much as I like this episode, I don't want a Luke Skywalker series. I don't mind if you pepper Luke in where it makes sense, and even Han Solo and all them. If you want to pepper them in where it makes sense, that's fine. I don't need a series where they're all de-aged. I know that you want to make up for the sequel series by giving us these fun little nods. But we don't need a whole series. I don't need a whole series. Here's here's where I, I I come down on Max's side from years ago, where Max was talking about like Carrie Fisher and how she passed on. It's like just let someone else take over the role in Episode Nine or whatever. I think that's what they should have done for this. Like I I, I, I wasn't on the side of that just because I knew they had footage of Carrie Fisher still. If if they were clever about it, they could find a way to work it in and make it meaningful. They botched that up. Um, so at this point, I'm just like, you know what? I don't need Mark Hamill to be de-aged. Like, just get someone who can express close to Mark Hamill. Like what they did with, I don't know, that movie Solo with, what's his name, as young Billy D, uh, Donald Glover as young Billy D, and Alden Ehrreich as young Harrison Ford. Like, just get someone who looks close enough and who is going to be able to emote because their CGI face won't be taxed to its limits i mean he's right there disney you have him in your pocket he is in your marvel movies he looks like like, like sebastian stan give him a call like i'm sure he would love Honestly, to that iconic role. yeah he does he does look a lot like like young mark hamill yeah like that honestly would have been a solid choice i think but i know it, but because they did that in the mandalorian season finale which worked fine for the couple of minutes that he was there at the very end of the show but now it's like you dedicate a whole episode and force that face in front of me for 75 percent of the episode it's not going to gel with me like it, it it looks it looks bizarre like as as polished and as slick as the animation can be it's the uncanny valley you you you're fully aware and you're fully cognizant that that's not an actual face or at least it's not uh an actual like, you know, flesh and blood face. Um, and also just the way they set up young Luke, like a majority of his lines, he's out, you know, you don't see him talking or he's out of the frame and you just hear Mark Hamill's, I don't know if he's just doing a younger 
kind of take on his voice or if they're digitally doing something to his voice, his vocal performance sounds very disconnected from what's going on in the actual scene. He sounds stoned. I will agree with you thing. on the way Mark Hamill sounds. I, I thought the same thing. Like, um, yeah, his voice seemed a little higher than it should have been. It it just it sounds very disconnected. And I when I was watching episode six, where he's pretty much throughout the whole episode, I couldn't decide if it was like a creative choice that he should sound completely emotionally detached from everything. Like, is this what Luke was at that time when he became a full fledged Jedi Knight? He just became an emotionless dude like all the other Jedi in the prequels? Or is it because they need to keep a restrained performance in the vocals because they can't, again, overtax the CGI face to show too much emotion that makes it look weird? Because, like, the the biggest range of emotion that I saw in the Hamill CGI face was him going, he made, like, a did you just fart look when he looked over at Baby Yoda on a rock. He's like, and that was, like, the extent of emotion I saw in his face, you know. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it was weird. It, it was just weird for me. I, I, I don't want to take over. and, but I, um, I, I honestly, I thought we would. I'm glad they didn't do it. We didn't need too much of, uh, ooh, look, what's happening here. I thought we would see a young Ben. Like when they said they were going to find Luke, I was like, oh, it's probably going to see a young Ben solo. Because <laughs> oh, right, because they're, they're building right the. They're building yeah. the place that he's going to tear down in like I'm 20 glad, years. I'm glad they didn't do that. We'll save that for later. I'm sure that they will find a way to do that. Oh, I'm sure to, they'll find a way to do that. They're trying to make up for the sequel series, and I get it. And the whole point of this episode was, and Luke says to her, because as man, you know, that, like, I don't know what to do with Grogu, because he is so attached to Mando, because they had that bond of their life together that he gives him a choice. He gives Grogu a choice. Like, do you want to be a Jedi or do you want to go back to your friend and be with him? Because I can't make this choice for you. I, I like that. Like, I'm not I'm not going to tell you you can't have this attachment because you're a Force user because Luke has attachments. He gets it. He gets the, the emotional connection. And if, you know, Grogu is just a little guy. <laughs> yeah. um, I was waiting for Ghost. I, I was afraid Force Ghost Yoda would show up too, and I didn't want that either. Well, I mean, it wasn't needed. Like, I, I yeah, it, it's a simple enough choice. Again, sorry, I'm going to keep coming back to this. It, it would help if it was being emoted by an actor who would be allowed to emote and not, like, behind a dead-eyed CGI face. Um, but <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. This campaign that the fans have going on, I think the fans would accept this. Like, I know that you guys are apprehensive about recasting characters because of what happened with Han Solo, but, like, I'm the fans want this. I thought I thought the dude I thought Alden Ehrenreich was perfectly fine as a young Harrison Ford. Like that's the thing. I like I'll champion Solo, fine. Just because like I I would have been curious to see what Lord and Miller were actually going to do with it. The problem is when the higher ups decide to be like, let's make this more Disneyfied, more marketable, and it's just like that's when all the chances and all the creative leaps kind of feel restrained. It's because they get nervous. Unlike yep. Marvel, who seems to be able to do what they want to do, um, did, uh, Star Wars, for some reason, like with uh, bringing JJ back, like I read some of Colin Trevorrow's script that they decided to scrap. Mm -hmm. His script actually would have made it feel like a trilogy. Like it made sense, but they got so bent out of shape because of The Last Jedi that they went back to something that worked for them. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for the mass majority in the end. 
And yeah, take some chances because I want to see the Lord of Miller cut up solo also. Because I thought Eric, I thought they were all fine, great. Like I, Lord and Miller is like batting a hundred, and you let them go. Like, whatever. We're not we're not talking about that. We're talking about the Mandalorian. <laughs> and um, well, here here's a, here here's the thing, and here's where we can get into something. Well, no, because I, I like this conversation too about like what creatively stimulates us and what financially stimulates the mouse. Because here's, here's some thoughts. I liked the first season of Mandalorian quite a bit just because it was, for the most part, markedly different from anything else we'd gotten in the franchise thus far. It's like, okay, it's a little bit more down to earth. The stakes at the time aren't as grand or as big. It's, it's just about like this little scuffle, essentially, on a, on a handful of planets and these odd jobs that this bounty hunter takes, and he happens to have this kid tagging along who's mysterious. Cool. Season two comes around, and then I'm, I'm I still am, am enjoying it, and I'm just like, oh, but now we're going back to Jedi, and oh, there's that character from the legacy, the uh, Ahsoka Tano from Clone Wars, I guess, and ultimately that's going to tie into the Skywalker family. I'm like, I don't want to go back to the Skywalker family. Like, leave it alone. Um, some of the Star Wars visions I've seen, the anime. I like them just because they are drastically different. Like you have essentially samurai Jedi, you know, fights throughout the galaxy and all these kind of cool characters and inventive creative designs for these characters. Does Disney plus ever market star Wars visions beyond like the occasional YouTube ad? No, they tell up. I don't think it did well with the critic rating on some of the episodes. I think that's why they're, they kind of like push to the side. Yeah. Remember when they had the rise of Skywalker and they're like, the tomato meter says it is 50% or 56%. They, they were proud of that for some reason, but, <laughs> but like, but no, that's the whole deal. It's like, it's because it, it was a creative gamble and creative risk that they weren't sure was going to pay off. And I don't know that, that might be the most financially sound approach for the company to take, but it's going to get old fast. Like, actually, there was a quote I saw earlier today. Uh, someone pulled this from an interview. Like, Ryan Johnson actually said this years ago regarding Star Wars, where it's like, the thing I like about making a Star Wars movie is the possibility that you can go in some bold and different directions. Because if we just keep coming back to the same repeating cycles and patterns, it's going to get, it's going to wear out its welcome. It's going to get old fast, which is probably why he went the way he did with Last Jedi, which honestly I think is a perfectly fine Star Wars movie that took some creative risks. Some of them work, some of them don't. But honestly, I was like, you know what? I'd be more interested in these ideas, but I felt like they got shut down with the next movie. I, I feel like that too. And, um, I, I think Dave Floney has a grasp on Star Wars, and I'm really digging what he's doing with the uh, Mandalorian and Boba Fett. But as far as the movies go, with Kathleen Kennedy being in charge of one, I think they need to get rid of her, and they need to put somebody in there. Because Kevin Feige will push that. I mean, Kathleen me. Kennedy's the one who promoted Filoni, too. So it's like, you know. It's true. Ultimately, Favreau. you know, yeah, and she promoted Favreau, too. And I feel that gets lost in the translation as well, is that, like, you know what? They're in the position they are because she saw their talent for it. It's, I don't think it's a question of, like, it come boiling down to one person because, ultimately, it boils down to what the investors are looking for in terms of turning a profit, in terms of, like, this is what we see trending and marketable. Like, Baby Yoda, going to sell like hotcakes. Let's 
shove them in everything. Oh my God. They did a whole repeat of the seventies where they were totally unprepared for baby Yoda merchandise. So like, let's saturate the market with it next Christmas. They did the same like, thing with baby Groot. <laughs> yeah. And I, honestly, I'm just like baby something's in your movie. Make sure you have a big supply of it. That's all I'm going to say. I think and honestly, I'm just like, supply. man, baby Groot was cool for that one movie. Sure. I'm kind of sick of seeing them all the time. Let I, I would love to see full grown Groot again, just because. Also, it's weird that Vin Diesel's getting paid to say three words and also in a very high-pitched voice. I kind of hate that. <laughs> it's annoying, so, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a grump. I'm sorry. I'm being a grump, but I cynical fine, stuff. But yeah. Everybody has their opinions. and um, I, I, We were talking about The Last Jedi. I agree. And it's unfortunate that we're not going to see the true cap to that trilogy because I, I thought... And I, I love Rise Rise of Skywalker, but I don't think that it fit with the, that trilogy at all. But um, we got the Force Awakens, which worked really well for hey. reintroducing Star Wars to all of us, and we all loved it. We clapped, we applauded, and then we got the Last Jedi, but piggybacked off of that and took us into a new direction. And I really liked the Last Jedi, and mm-hmm. then we got Rise of Skywalker, which ignored everything in the eighth film and just completely like derailed the trilogy. Again, I like The Rise of Skywalker as a Tomb Raider movie. It's fantastic. But um, as, as a capper <laughs> to that final trilogy, it's it's not good. And Colin Trevorrow, if anybody's read his script, actually tied seven and eight together into a nice wrap-up. And I just – I wish we could have seen that. Yeah. I do. Hey, Tim, by the way. <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? Good. <laughs> nice you so – uh, actually, Jay. Yeah. yeah. Likewise, Mike. Likewise. We were so Jay. I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more about uh, about episode nine. It's a great movie. I think it's a great standalone movie, but it doesn't serve the the trilogy well. When I um, walked out of the theater, they asked me if I liked it, and I said, "You know what? J.J. Abrams should direct the next Tomb Raider movie or Indiana Jones movie because he just made it, and it was pretty fun." <laughs> Right. It just there was there was too many loose ends they were trying to tie up inside of the movie with too many special effects. And they brought my favorite quote uh, on Funny Science Fiction. We interviewed uh, Ryan Airy from Street Crush. My favorite quote was from Tim by Siegel. No, 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 no. I'm I'm not I'm I'm not that into myself. Uh, No, but uh, okay, I am. But that's not the point. Um, No, it was actually from Ryan Airy, uh, the guy Screen Crush. And we were talking with him about the movies, and he—I think he put it best. He's like, they—they they didn't, they couldn't think of a better villain, so they just brought back Space Satan. They brought mm-hmm. back, you know, the Emperor. You know, ta-da! He was just there. That's the, basically how they presented it. So, and also, well, hello, hi. Hi. We're multiplying. Yay! I was trying not to. I was trying to beat Tim, and it didn't work. Good <laughs> oh, try. Way, so. Well, and also, there, there was there was no whoa. Oh yeah, I forgot. You're in charge here. You can have fun with our appearances and audio exactly. and such. You're gonna beat me, but I still have a lightsaber. Nice, but um, yeah. I mean, that was that was kind of the thing is that there was no plan going into the new movies. Like JJ dropped a bunch of those mystery boxes he loves so much in the first film, and it was like, ah, someone else will figure it out. It's not like I'm coming back for this, okay. <laughs> and then. JJ's yeah, original bailed. plan, according to um, Daisy Ridley, was that Obi Wan was Ray's parent, father, or grandfather. I think it was grandfather. 
and that didn't happen. Yeah. Cool. I've, I've read it both ways. I'm not entirely sure which way it's, that's supposed to go, but I mean, nice, even even if it had been, I don't know that that would have saved the other issues that that were were plagued by the you know yeah plagued the series. I mean, I have my own issues with the Last Jedi, but I've come to appreciate the movie for what it is. Mm-hmm. I still have a couple of very serious issues with the movie. Um, well, I'm, I'm I used to feel. I used to feel it was a, a hot steaming pile of garbage, uh, but it was my Star Wars garbage, so I was still going to love it. Um, but in a trash compactor. But I had to I had to look at it through somebody else's perspective, and I think for me that really helped. I haven't found somebody who's been able to help me capture the the perspective that I need for uh, the Rise of Skywalker yet. I don't have a problem with Ray. I think she's great as a protagonist. I don't have a problem with, I, I really get annoyed with all the Mary Sue comments because if she's honestly, if she's a Mary Sue, so is Luke. So just deal with it. Um, you know, and I have, I don't have a problem with any of that. I do have a problem with how they tried to wrap up all the stories, the, the whole, I'm all the Sith, I'm all the Jedi that annoyed the crap out of me. Um, you know, I don't know. And then, again, the Ryan Airy quote, they brought back Space Satan. So, you know. But also, the the I feel it's like I like the characters for where they're starting off with in those at the beginning of those films. Like, they're kind of so starting off points. But then the potential for where they can go feels kind of squandered by the end of it. Yeah. It's kind of like, Such was uh, the potential. Finn felt totally underutilized. Uh, like, Poe ultimately felt underutilized. And, yeah, it's just like there, there was places you could go with these characters, some very yeah. different places, and they just never ventured too far out of the comfort bubble of it because they right. got a guarantee they'll make millions off of it. And then, you know, if you look at, like, Last Jedi, there was they introduced the character Rose, and I thought she was going to be a pretty major character moving forward. You get and to background. Nine, and she's, she's a, such a background character. Yeah. Um, you know, this, and like you said, with Finn and everything else, there was, there was all these characters that were introduced, and they had... I feel like Nick all of a sudden doing this with my hands. Um, <laughs> love you, Nick. Anyway, so, uh, but they had all these characters that were introduced and they were brought to us and they made it look like it was going to be something, right? Like, I didn't expect Finn to be a Jedi. I expected, <laughs> nice. Uh, I expected him to be, you know, maybe force sensitive, maybe maybe be, you know, um, you know, have a knowledge or working knowledge of the force, but I didn't expect him to be a Jedi. But I expected him to be more than just a former stormtrooper that was just mm-hmm. running around, you know, with a Wookiee. Right. You know? Right, so let's catch you guys up. We are currently <laughs> at the point where uh, Grogu was left to choice by Luke. So I want to find out what your episode, what you thought of the episode up till then. I want you to know: Would you rather they continue to use Luke as a CG character or bring in somebody like Sebastian Stan? Sebastian Stan, a yeah, physical yeah. character. So Sebastian, go Stan. ahead. Go ahead, I mean, Kathy. You I'll go first. Sebastian Stan and still have Mark Hamill doing Luke's voice. That's fine. That's fine. You can dub over the voice, and I don't. I don't care. But like it was being said earlier, it is distracting to have the CGI constantly in front of you. That because your brain doesn't recognize it as a face. It's the. It's a face, but it's not a face, and it's. It's weird. It's like. It's like when you're like half awake in the middle of the night and you see the laundry pile on your bed and it kind of looks like Job of the Hut, but you know it's actually still just a laundry pile. <laughs> like that's I have, how I, feel. I have had those nights. <laughs> I, that, that is legitimately how I feel about it. Is that like 
I know this is a face because you're telling me it is, but this is not the right face. Right. And I think, too, because of <coughs> the facial changes that happened with Mark Hamill after his accident, having the CGI face be what he should have looked like without mm-hmm. his car accident is super trippy. Like, it, yeah, I'll it go with feels that. weird. If they had CGI'd him back to what he looked like post-accident, that'd be a different story. And I know you can CGI scars. Like, right. if they can CGI an entire face, yeah. they could make it look more realistic. But, well, like I said, it works in small doses. Like, right. like his appearance at the end of season two of Mandalorian, that's fine. He's only in a handful of scenes. And ultimately, you know, his presence is a little bit more impactful there even in uh in rise of skywalker when there's that brief flashback to when him and leia were training in the forest like i actually dug that just because it was brief it was like a quick glimmer of his young face right. and then a quick glimmer of her young face that's all i need really and really no other way to do that either so rogue one with carrie fisher like mm-hmm. that was yeah. that was a small enough amount of it it wasn't like when we had tarkin and all of a sudden it's the this is <laughs> Yeah. This is wrong. This feels weird. This part of the face moves. This part of the face doesn't. Yeah. It was oh. Almost looked like it. Almost looked like a Terrence and Philip doll at certain times uh, mm-hmm. when Tarkin would talk. That, <laughs> hey, buddy. That was my. That was my. That, that that was my issue with uh, episode six of of Boba Fett. Here was what I, I mentioned this to Jason earlier. Is that they shoot around as much as they can to not show Luke talking. And it shows why at times too, because he'll say a line of dialogue and the lips do not match the shape that they're supposed to with certain right. enunciation. It looks like a Kung Fu dub. Kung it looks Fu. really yes. weird. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think the line fight? was, fight me. I don't know what I'm going to do with him. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. Like, I was, I mean, I that they have decided to show Luke, but legitimately, Sebastian Stan's already got a Disney check. Like, he's already on the Disney payroll. It's not that hard to just add him to another payroll department. Yeah, Disney, Hamels, right here. Sebastian Hamels Stan, already, Hamels Billy Lord. His blessing. Billy yeah, Lord, do it. Sebastian Stan, they're right there. Like, yeah, And right. then you've already and, got um, Aldrich Ehrenreich, whatever his name is, there too. You've got the main yeah. three. Perfect. Yeah, and uh, Hamill signed off on Sebastian Stan. He said that he thought that he'd be a perfect, repl- you know, replacement as a younger right. Luke. So why not? You know, I mean, he um, wants money too, so <laughs> he wants sure. to work as well. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, but you know, I I think the episode, well, amazing. I I said, oh my god, I don't know how many times during this episode. Uh, certain times I said, oh my god, uh, in rapid succession. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And yeah. I mean, so Tim will confirm this. I was like, we were tweeting back and forth. We are messaging back and forth in live time. Yes, so. it, it was. It was very much a, a stream of consciousness like commentary. With my, me. my oh, too. <laughs> my line of my line of commenting kept to, to her because I watched it before she did. Was just wait, it gets better. Just wait, it gets better. Just wait, it gets better. Nothing. Um, I, I stand by the fact that nothing beat the frog scene, though. Like, the frog scene was the highlight of the episode for me because it was flipping hilarious. And I loved <laughs> that. Because that's how I, I feel trying to teach my daughter. Like, I'm trying to get her to focus on the thing we're trying to learn. And she's like, it's like no. Mm-mm. I understood. 
I understood Luke in that moment. <laughs> and that was gone by the end of the episode. So one of the things I, I, I was most interesting to me about this whole thing between, and I don't know how far you've gotten in your discussion here, but, you know, the point of, of making Grogu choose, have we talked about that yet? That's where we left off, is the point of okay. Grogu choose. Okay, so here's my take on that. This has some very major implications moving forward, which way he chooses. So if he chooses the, uh, frankly, it's Mithril from Lord of the Rings. You can't tell me any other. You can't tell me anything else. He's He's got Frodo's Mithril, okay? Uh, so if he chooses the Mithril, uh, he goes back to the, you know, he's going to hang with the Mandalorian. He'll be pushed aside, but, you know, he'll be basically ignored by, by Luke and the Jedi Council. Or there's not really a Jedi Council at this point, but just Luke as the last remaining Jedi Master. Uh, he won't be trained by Ahsoka. He'll be just, you know, he'll just be, a, you know, being trained, you know, in, in his own ways, basically kind of stumble along through it. Kind of like a Kanan Jarrus, basically. Kanan didn't have a master to teach him. He just had to stumble his own way. So if he does decide to go the, the route of the Mandalorian, but yet follow some of the Jedi creed, then he'll have to figure it out on his own. If he goes the other route, that means he's the first student in Luke's school. It means that he is the first, um, you know, to go through all the training and everything, even before Ben Solo. And then when Ben and Luke have their confrontation, does Grogu die then? Or does he? is he one of the handful that goes off with Ben Solo? I can tell you right now, Grogu's going to go off with the Mandalorian because the season three is coming next year, and they need to get that puppet back with that Mandalorian. And I, I kind of feel like, <laughs> I kind of feel like that's the decision that's going to happen: is that Grogu is going to cho- choose to go back to to Din Djarin, that he's going to choose to go with the Mandalorian because of the fact that he has bonded with Din so much, and it is that like father son relationship that. Oh, and they showed that too, you know, when right. when Din's ship was leaving. You know, and, and, the and hand moving out for him. Like, yeah. And as a parent, as a parent, I'm like, even when when Din's with Ahsoka and looking at Grogu and Luke from a distance, and it's the, you're just torturing the guy. You are just right, absolutely torturing him with the, yes, but if you go talk to him, you're going to confuse him. It's like, no, stop. The Jedi need to stop being dicks about this. And <laughs> it hasn't worked for them so far. Yeah. Why haven't they learned that this, no attachments thing doesn't work. That, oh, that's yeah, been I mean, my biggest thing about incorporating that into the mythology is this whole like life of celibacy and cutting yourself off from all passions and so forth. It's like, actually, that breeds an environment where more of your followers end up psychotic. So and, <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work well. You would think that, that Luke, the... That Luke would know better. Luke saw what it did to his dad. The, the Jedi ways killed his mom. Like, because the, of the Jedi's stupidity, he didn't get the childhood he was supposed to. He didn't know that his sister was his sister until after he kissed her. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> You're right. That's fantastic. But um, I, I, think, uh, it will be, I think it'll be a fascinating story point to uh, watch. Because you know Mando's going to try to do the right thing. He's going to try to teach right. Grogu how to be a Jedi. And I think that'd be fascinating to watch is him trying to figure it out. Just like any any parent thrust into a situation has no idea what they're doing is going to try to do the best they can to figure it out. And I think that'd be fun to watch. One of the other things I, I, I picked up from, from this, and I don't know if you guys noticed this too, 
Now, so in Last Jedi, Luke talks about, you know, the formation of the school. And he talks about how in his hubris and his, and his, you know, his machismo, he decided he, that he was qualified to teach all the rest of the Jedis and he was going to start the school and he was going to, to do all these things. Um, you know, and you can see that in this episode when he's dealing with Grogu, the way he talks to Grogu, the way he talks about, you know, the school. And, you know, if you choose this, you will be my first student, just the way he phrased it and the way that, and you can kind of see him kind of, you know, it's almost the attitude of, of, Hey, look, I took on the, you know, I, I, you know, I shut down the empire, you know, it's me, I did it. I'm the one to follow. And it just, I don't know, it's kind of, you can kind of pick up on that attitude, you know, and you can see it where it could have built from that point forward. I, Mike, I like Mike. John's comment. If only there had been someone there to tell Luke that the Jedi Order didn't have all of their crap together, and he might want to explore other options yeah. rather than repeating their mistakes. He's, she, he's uh, referring so for, to Ashoka. Yeah, she's busy with a spinoff. She can't be at the school. <laughs> she's busy with a spinoff. But I feel like they're bringing her in to Boba Fett so that we have those little glimpses of her before we get her spinoff. Oh, yeah. That's totally why she's there. Because they're, they're going to explain why she's there in the spinoff, I'm sure. I'm mm -hmm. sure. And I, like I told Mike earlier, I want that conversation between Luke and her about Anakin. Because Luke doesn't know anything about Anakin at the end of Return of the no. Jedi, except for that he's a horrible person who killed the, millions of people. The thing is, they'd already had that conversation uh, the, in that episode when Grogu's on the rock in the in the stream yeah. and stuff. She's like, "You're like your father," and it's just like they've clearly had that conversation already. They met right off screen somewhere, right. and it's yeah. just like, yeah. But yeah, the the I was mentioning to Jason earlier uh, that like, yeah, I get why she's there in terms of yeah the franchise. They need to tout her up a little bit before her own series kicks off. But like, I felt like you could have had all those interactions with Mandalorian and Luke and nothing would have been really missing in those interactions. But because Ahsoka's <coughs> the next series, of course they're going to try to work her into the story. She and was I felt there like, as a gatekeeper, basically, to make yeah, sure that basically. he could forward. That was, that was the only purpose Filoni, Filoni loves her. He created her. That's his... Uh, oh, sure. That's his prerogative. Universe. So he wants her in everything. And this episode was, was directed by Filoni, so... So it makes sense, oh, yeah. was it? Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, it was, it's a Filoni episode. If you're a showrunner and you got you got a favorite character that you want to try to put into as many situations as possible, sure, why not? You got the ability Absolutely. to do so. And, uh, and then, in all honesty, the fan base isn't going to care for the most part, right? I mean, the fan base for the most part loves Ahsoka. They're you know we want more content from her. Right. Know, the majority so. of the fan base is going to do the yeah Ahsoka and not really care why she's there. What time? Max will be mad. Max is mad at everything though. What time, what time did you watch, did I watch the episode, Tim? Uh, this morning, I think I started at uh, 7, 7.15. That's when I watched it, too. I texted you, like, I think, at 10. And I was like, who is this blue guy? Like, he explained <laughs> to everybody who the blue guy Can was. freaking Bane! Heck yeah! Oh, oh is, this the, uh, is this the dude that killed Tim Timothy Oliphant? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. No, he's not dead. He's not dead. I guarantee oh, he's, he's not. not dead. It was a, it was a shoulder shot. Okay. Now, now his, his deputy... That dude's screwed. Dead. Uh, oh yeah, he only had a couple of lines. I don't care about him. <laughs> no, because no, uh, Cad Bane walked up there and was just like, <laughs> kept just pumping him. Like, yeah, he's done. <laughs> that that's true, John. I, that that's a that's a true statement. Like, yeah, better to have someone who's actually flesh and blood saying something than mm -hmm. more of the face. But yeah. what we're saying about Cad Bane is that he cannot they, sing. 
but he shot the sheriff, but he didn't shoot the deputy because he did both. He did. <laughs> he broke my comedic relief. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So anyway, Cad freaking Bane. No, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this guy looks familiar. Like, do I know him from somewhere? And that was the, the thing is, I was looking at him. With I, I should him. know who that is, but I haven't seen enough of the cartoons to be like, I know that person by name. Yeah, yeah that was the thing. I'm like, I'm walking. His silhouette. I was like, oh, that's where I went. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Just so I got this I, clear. Um. So, Ka- what's his name? Cad. Cad. Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Yes. So he's from Clone Wars, right? Clone Wars and Rebels. And Rebels. And and, and Bad Batch. And the Wookiee is from the comics. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This Black is his Sam. on-screen debut. Kersantan. Yeah. Okay. Like I heard Senex say it, and I tried to remember how to say it, and it didn't work. Yeah, because yeah, okay. yeah, there's, there's multiple R's, it gets confusing. <laughs> it's mostly consonants. Yeah. The, the, yes. The fans are really loving the fact that Filoni is pulling from because it's supposed to be an expanded universe with the comic books. It's all supposed to tie together. Now it finally is starting to tie together. And I know the internet. Everybody was excited about Luke, but the internet was losing their mind over Cad Bane. And then a few weeks ago, the Wookiee as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I honestly, I lost my crap this morning when I saw Cad Bane. The I know, second I saw him walking down with the, he was my favorite bounty hunter in the Clone Wars. I always just thought he was so cool. He was always, and he's a perfect fit for the Mandalorian and uh, and Boba Fett show archetype. Okay, the wild, you know, the wild west. I love space. The, the space western. Yeah, That's he's good. he's perfect yeah. for this because you know he does the whole flick up of the hat. He's got typically has something coming out of his mouth. You know, like a little. A straw seed or something. I just, it's, yeah. Very much Western aesthetic. Yeah, very much a Western aesthetic. The long duster jacket, everything. The only complaint I have about that scene is that Filoni missed the opportunity to use the Western standoff music. Like, (laughs) there could have been a... Like, I've heard it in my head anyway. You could have Star wars it and added it. The only issue that I have with that scene... And it's something really small, really stupid, but it bugs But that it wasn't long enough? Okay, so the two things I have wrong with that scene. (laughs) No, okay, so honestly, the one thing that I really have a problem with with that scene is that they made uh, Cad Bane's teeth all like daggers, you know, like monstery, you know. Mm -hmm. They're not like that in Clone Wars. So, you know, I don't know if he had him, you know, sharpened He's to look more scary at some point, you know. Like 70 at this point, isn't he? Yeah. Well, so aliens. Was, he got scary dentures because he was getting old and didn't think he was intimidating <laughs> enough anymore. I guess. He could have yeah. lost him. So. All these aliens have different age rates. Like, technically, Baby Yoda is 50 years old, right? So, it's like, and he's only a toddler, but like. I want to go back and watch the shows because I've heard I've I've heard a lot of like super positive things about especially Rebels, and I, Rebels. I know I've got to devote the time. I I've become a huge fan of Freddie Prince Jr., so that also makes me want to go back and check it out. Um, I I love the concept of the cartoons. I love that they they expanded the world into the cartoons. I struggle with the animation style. Like I struggle one? visually watching <laughs> with Rebels. With I have that, I have that I I have that problem with resistance. So oh, there's yeah. there's Clone Wars. So there's the four animated series. There's Clone Wars. There's Rebels. There's Resistance. And now of course we have Bad Batch. 
I don't have a problem with the animation of of three of the four. Resistance is very bright. It, it's very. It, I don't know. I, I can't understand. I can't describe rather the the art artistic style because that's just not me. I can't do that. I don't know. There's something about the way that they're drawn in that cartoon. I just I just don't like it. But I don't have a pro- that problem with Rebels, and I don't have that problem with with Clone Wars or Bad Batch. Yeah, Clone Wars, Disney stuck with the Comedy Central style of animation with it, too. Yeah. Uh, Rebels is a little brighter and looks more uh, cleaned up. And I feel like it's yeah, something it that I can, I can get used to, but trying to watch the first couple of episodes of yeah. it, I'm like, eh, That's no. resistance. It, it looks, like, looks kind of like Thunderbirds, like CGI right? marionettes. A little bit, right? Yeah. And, and all the faces look like they're just kind of stamped on there. They don't look like they're actually drawn in. They're just like cookie cutters stamped in. That was made for kids. A, it for is sure. very much so. I mean, let's. I mean, all Star Wars is made for kids, but that one even more so. Um, you know, let, let's be honest with it. Uh, I, I have a really strong uh, issue with that one, but Clone Wars, Rebels, and Bad Batch are so very much worth the watch. And they add actually a lot. Clone Wars in particular adds a lot in between, uh, you know, episodes two and three of the movies. Uh, but it, you know, it adds a lot of detail. It helps introduce some, some key critical characters, especially when you're talking about like Count Dooku. You know? I'm okay with that. I mean, if you've seen this, it's clearly not that. So. Um, but yeah. You're cute in your own way, Tim. It's okay. Um, so, but yeah. I just want to say. Oh. I just want to say in this latest episode of Boba Fett, that was some that was some grade A head nodding from Boba Fett. Yeah, not, he's back to doing what he does best, standing in a corner. I mean, I I was a little annoyed by the lack of Boba Fett in the last two episodes of the book of Boba Fett. But because they're they're doing it chapter by chapter and they are making it a book, I understand that these are the background characters. We are getting the fill-in that we need on... We need this information. It's just a little bit weird the way that they're doing it. It feels weird. But I actually like that we're getting all of the background characters' information. We're getting that backstory. We're not just getting the main character's viewpoint of everything. Mm-hmm. Because you do need you do need all of the 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 pieces that are going to be fitting together in the final episode. Yeah, yeah. I just find yeah, it funny because I know it's a lim- It's the number of episodes are limited, probably most likely due to COVID and production having to kind of be truncated for the sake mm-hmm. of that. But I just find it funny. It's like five out of seven episodes <laughs> have a lot of Boba Fett, and then or possibly a lot, I don't know what the finale is going to be like. Maybe he'll show up for like fifteen seconds, but. I just found it kind of amusing, personally. I'm like, okay, we're going to detour to Mandalorian for a little bit. Makes sense. I do like Mando, but at the same time... like, I feel like the finale, we're going to get more Boba Fett. I feel like it's going to be definitively the book of Boba Fett again. Yeah, his story. These these other background characters that are going to come. I I had read before the season started that we're going to get three episodes that were Mando heavy. So, Mm -hmm. this makes sense. So, five, six, seven will be Mando heavy. And I think that uh, episode eight, which is our finale, is going to go back to Book of Boba. It's going to be heavy Boba, and we're going to have a showdown with the Pikes. Yeah, it, that episode, it says seven. I thought there was eight. It says seven. 
Is there seven? Oh, okay. Next week. Well, that's unfortunate then. Well, that's unfortunate then. I I think it will be. I think it will be double length episode with Boba Fett. Oh, it's double length. Oh no, that's what they should do. Probably. (laughs) I was going to say, but even a double length episode, as short as the series premiere was, is not that impressive. Yeah, what was it? 35, 39 minutes, something like that. I'm like, you're just getting us warmed up and you're quitting? What is this? I am, yeah, I'm all there in on this series. There are so many jokes, Tim. I, yep. I set you it, up. You didn't even knock them down. Way to go. <laughs> so anyway. Well, is that Mike? Oh, um, no, I was just saying, we because we, we were talking earlier about, like, the pacing of the show in particular. I... I, I just to kind of catch you up to my thoughts on Boba Fett overall, uh, Tim and Kathleen, is that I enjoyed the first couple of episodes, especially the background stuff involving Tuscan Raiders. I really loved that. And then when it's like, yes. well, we're gonna throw off the Tuscan Raiders, I gradually started losing more interest. And then the flashback regarding him and Fennec meeting up, I liked parts of it. And then there were other parts where I'm like, I don't need to see this. I would rather focus on what's going on in current day crime story. Get him out of that tank. (laughs) But uh, like, they go back to the pit to get his armor. I'm like, dude, you were wearing your armor. It's not there. You know this, probably. But who knows? You know, I I think part of the it's the it's Filoni. Filoni is a blessing and a curse on, on some things. Okay? So he's a blessing in the fact that we have to be appreciative of all the Star Wars content that he's helped bring to the table and, and that mm-hmm. he's keeping Star Wars fresh and something that's exciting that I'm excited to want to see every week. And that I'm excited to you know, want to see what else he's putting together and how it's being put together. But at the same time, you're talking about a man who uh, is just this side of J.R. Tolkien when it comes to storytelling. He, you know, Tolkien would would write a whole chapter about the color of the sky and what color the leaves were and, okay, and everything, yeah. and, and 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 you know, go on these these excruciating details. Filoni does the same thing. He will build you a clock to tell you what time it is, and he'll just draw it out and draw it out. And that's why Clone Wars season one is so difficult sometimes to get through mm-hmm. because they're they're mm-hmm. they're trying to set up so much information. It just stretches and stretches and stretches. And honestly, he does the same thing with Rebels. When you watch Rebels season one, he stretches and stretches and stretches to build up this information about the characters. And so you get a a base for them. So the problem is he did, he's doing this as well in in Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, Which is a good and bad thing because most of what we know about Boba Fett is a either in legends now and doesn't really count or he's got, um, you know, forty years of expectations of what people thought Boba, Boba was, going was to be. yeah, yeah, and yeah, how and also was, you know how it was going to be perceived. So, and also working off of prequel stuff that was developed about Boba to kind of like, yeah. okay, how do I make this work now for the story I want to tell? And yeah, I do, I do want to see though, as much as CGI Luke is weird, I want to see Luke and Boba Fett back on screen together. Like, I want to know how that's going to go because the <laughs> whole. Sorry for kicking me into the Sarlacc pit. Like, there, there's something oh. I read online. I don't know what source material this is in, but there's apparently some form of new Star Wars that has Han Solo explaining the experience of being in carbonite. I want to read that book or comic book, whatever it is, because apparently hmm. it's very fascinating. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'd be down so for that. I, 
I'm going to go around the, the table real quick and get everyone's final thoughts. Um, I want to say that um, I like this episode a whole lot. But Lucasfilm and Disney, look at me right here. Unless you get an actual actor to play Luke Skywalker, I don't want a Luke series. Like, this is as much Luke in an episode or in a season as I think we need. Uh, and I, I know he's going to pop up in Ahsoka. I, I, I understand that. But just we don't need too much of it. Like I feel like Luke's story's been told. Well, kind of. But Disney wants to make up for the sequel series. So they're going to sprinkle in. Luke being cool and Han being cool. We're gonna see Han Solo again. I freaking sprinkle him in. That's fine. Just you know, it's like a garnish. You put too much salt in something, it, it ruins the taste. We're right. gonna you see know. young Ben Solo eventually. We know this. Uh, it's just, Can somebody kick him into a Sarlacc pit. We gotta accept it. Okay, we gotta accept it. It's gonna happen. But I want them to continue expanding the universe because that's what we all love with the Mandalorian to begin with. And um, I'm glad that Grogu isn't related to Yoda. I think that's fantastic. These people do not need to be related to anybody in the original franchise. Let's let's get the right. new characters. Let's get to expanding. You guys are doing right. a pretty good job of that, but you guys can't leave certain things alone. And like I said, I'm fine. Just sprinkle it in like it's salt or pepper. Um, I really like the Grogu and Mando relationship, and I hope that I'm right and that they go for the obvious, hey, season three is coming. we got to get these guys back together. So that they can go on more space adventures. So. Let's get the band back together again. Even I, if Yoda choose, or even if Grogu chooses to take Yoda's lightsaber, that doesn't mean that Mando can't come and snag him. And then you have tiny little Knight Grogu, who now has the Mithril Beskar armor and a lightsaber, and that sounds awesome to me. That sounds <laughs> like, amazing. But, I don't uh, like either ors. When I finish, I just episode, want to see him chasing frogs with with the Mithril and a lightsaber. Just hee <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> When I finished the episode, I felt like I did at the end of The Force Awakens. I had a lot of fun watching this. I was excited. I messaged him. I want to go back and watch it. Mm -hmm. I, I wish that when I had woke up, I had watched this before I watched This Is Us. But, you know, you can't make those choices. got to live in them. But what's funny is as soon as I finished The Mandalorian, I started watching The Good Wife. And the, yeah, the guest in that episode was Pedro Pascal. So a fantastic coincidence. <laughs> uh, I want to send it over to Mike. Mike, what are your wrap-up thoughts? Um, I like... Uh, aside from, yeah, the CGI technicalities of de-aging actors and having them take up a lot of screen time, I thought it was fine. I've, for the most part, enjoyed the possibilities that Star Wars on TV can offer. I really want them to steer clear of Skywalker saga drama stuff. I Like, just give me a whole show dedicated to Amy Sedaris working on Tatooine. Like, <laughs> give me that sitcom. And uh, I, maybe on a dating show with Jawas. I... Like that's why that's why I like the first season of Mandalorian the most. That's why I like the Star Wars most of the Star Wars Vision segments. Oh, I just want awesome. I want smaller stories. I don't need everything to tie back into the Skywalker, you know, lineage destiny story. Like just tell smaller stories, and I hope they focus a little bit more on that. Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> comment. John would love to see a Star Wars version of How I Met Your dot 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 with the narration by Mark Hamill or Harrison Ford, but with younger actors playing their roles. Hopefully, if they do that, yes, they please. do it with a cast with better chemistry than How I Met Your Father, even though it's getting better. It's so yeah. rough. Far from there yeah. yet. Like yeah. it was horrible, but now it's mildly watchable. So, so we're getting there. There was really sucks, <laughs> and now it just sucks. So I don't really know that that's... Ditch the laugh track, people. It's oh, they got to stop writing for the laugh track. Yeah, laugh track stuff. All right, Tim, what are your final thoughts? Uh, 
<laughs> I am I am here for all of it, as always. It's Star Wars. I'm here. I'm going to watch it. I my only real issues for this episode were, like I said, the the uh, sharp tooth Cad Bane have a problem with that. Really, really have a problem with that. Unless I've missed something somewhere and I have to go, I need to go back and check Clone Wars and and Bad Batch and make sure that I didn't miss that somewhere that you know that the the twofers were all you know not square and sharpie and all that kind of stuff. Some but deleted honestly, scene of him filing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he got caught and he's sitting there in prison. I got nothing better to do, so you know, just filing away. Um, no, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what happens with this moving forward because now he's with the Pikes clearly, and mm. he's he has already fought Fennec Shand once and lost. She bested him. Um, and, you know, because he hired her to to get Omega during the Bad Batch. And they they ended up fighting each other. And Fennec Shand won. And now she's working with Boba and he's working with the Pikes. And, and Cad Bane is just such a cool character. And I'm really excited to see where this goes. Um, and, uh, you know, you guys have already touched on the, the CGI. As long as, as long as that's not the the standard is more of the exception. We get this in small bits. I'm okay with, with the de-aging stuff. And I really just think that we need to, uh, and I'll, I'll echo what Mike just said, less Skywalker, more outside characters. There are so many characters in star Wars. We don't need more Skywalker stories. There's enough of them. Tell the stories of all these other characters and, and tell them, well, go for it. I'll watch. I promise. And if it makes sense to sprinkle in a legacy character, then do it. Yeah, bring him in focus little bits here and there. On, yeah, yeah, focus on new Yeah, people. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Kathleen, what are your final thoughts? Honestly, I am I'm on board with the same as everybody else. I mean, I, I am more of a casual Star Wars viewer than Tim. I mean, because obviously I wasn't as like, oh my gosh, it's Cad Bane. It was the, wait, there's a blue person. I should know who that blue person is. Um, I, that's what I did. Right. What? What? I didn't just say, oh, it's Cad Bane. I was like, oh my god, it's Cad Bane, it's Cad Bane, it's Cad Bane. So it's more like that. I wasn't going to be that ridiculous tonight. That <laughs> no, I was, because I was that ridiculous this morning, right? so I might as well just carry through. Anyway, this is your time but, to talk. Please carry on. <laughs> but I am super excited. I am super excited about bringing in the new characters, bringing in, making Star Wars new and exciting and fresh again. And I feel yep. like they have so much potential, and they are just taunting us with it. With the, look at this character we can bring in, and look at this character we can bring in, and we'll bring in a new Naboo Starfighter. And they're just, they're teasing, and then they bring in legacy characters. And it's like, but don't do that to me. Don't, don't show me the happy, shiny new things, and then be like, and it's all about Luke again. We've had his story. I still want that conversation, though. I want to, I want to watch it. Right, right. But... I don't know if it's the the Disney Corporation trying to make up for Walt Disney's family issues because he kills off the mom in all of the movies because of his own personal issues. I don't know if Disney is trying to be like, hey, we're not like Walt and we're going to make everybody happy and family friendly again. Because, no. Just, no. Kathleen's saying kill all of the moms in The Mandalorian. You guys heard that here on the 3 Geeks I podcast. mean, Mick already thinks that Tim likes killing Padawans, so why not? Well, he does. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in on what Mike and I expected to be a 10 to 12-minute chat and turned into a glorious hour. So for everybody out there that says that we don't get geeky enough anymore, right here. This was an hour of pure nerdum, And you obviously haven't been watching this year because this year it's been 
crazy extreme. We did a remake revolution of Winnie the Pooh with two very different pitches. And I highly recommend everybody go back and check it out because I this, still like this happened. Yeah. John, check it out. John, if you're listening or watching, he's public domain. Winnie the Pooh's public domain. You can do this. So yes. I want to see War Vet Winnie the Pooh. And um, yeah, so check PTSD that out. PTSD Winnie. Nice. Last Sunday, fantastic. Uh, lots of fun interviews coming up. Uh, Tim, Kathleen, tell us about Pop Culture Addicts and tell us about funny science fiction. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, breaking news. I forgot, I have a quote from Nick Stockbridge, who I invited also to be here today. His quote is, OMG, Cad Bane. <laughs> hold on, you didn't do it right. OMG, Cad Bane. <laughs> But now, now say it as though you were Tim, because then you have to. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! All right, so uh, I'll uh, I'll tackle funny science fiction. I'll let Kathleen tackle pop culture addicts. Oh boy! So funny! So funny science fiction is uh, we're a nerd podcast. We talk about sci-fi, superheroes, fantasy. Uh, last week, our guest was the one and only Sam Witwer from Star whoop, Wars: whoop. The Voice of Darth Maul. And uh, this week, upcoming, our guest is. Uh, 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 one of my favorite uh, actresses. Is, I've been a fan of hers for a long time. Her name is Liz Vassy. She was in The Tick uh, from 2002. She was Captain Liberty. Yes, Captain and, Liberty. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, and she's actually a really big Star Wars fan. And we talk about that in the show as well. And and uh, uh, she's got some pretty cool Star Wars. Absolutely. Ooh, nice. Love that. Warburton is the best as Tick. I, God, just He's love the best him. at everything. Everything. I, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we, 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 uh, weekly interview show and we go live every Monday night. We talk nerdy on, uh, every Monday night and every all Friday nerdy, morning nerdy. we have a new, uh, that's right. All nerdy, no dirty. And Friday mornings we have a, uh, uh, our episodes release and, uh, well, I guess I'll, I'll give a little bit of spoilers. We've got some really big names coming up. Uh, we have, uh, so not only Liz Vassie this week, we had Sam Whitwer last week. We have Cameron, Cameron by who is Selena Kyle from Gotham. She's coming on the show here in a couple weeks. Um, and then we also have um, uh, uh, Taylor Gray, who's the voice of Ezra Bridger from Star Wars Rebels. He'll he'll be on in a couple weeks as well. Um, Francois Chow, also from the new run of The Tick and The Expanse. Uh, so Shredder. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yes, and Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So we have some really cool names coming we up on Funny Science Fiction. We actually that in our interview too. It's really cool. I need to get. I need to send us something. I, I got to message you after this because I want to reach out to Freddie Prince Jr. and get him on because I love that guy. Oh my gosh! Uh, you know what? Um, good luck get to me you. Get in on that interview. If you do. I've tried, and, and and not you know. Hey, not saying that you know. Hey, I, you know, I'm the only one who could reach out to his wife. <laughs> no, that no, that's Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton's wife hates me. That's that's for sure. Uh, no, but you know, um, Freddie's Freddie's had some pretty rough interviews. Uh, where, you know, the Star Wars trolls went after him about a few things. And number one, um, Freddie Prince Jr. is one of the few, one of the people out there who I would not challenge in a Star Wars trivia ever. No, like, Sam there's Whitworth Filoni, is like number one. Yeah, there's... there's Filoni, there's Whitwer, and Freddie Prince Jr. is right up there with them. He, he knows his crap. And he'll tell you, and he's said this in other interviews, he was taught by Filoni, who was taught by George Lucas. So if there's two guys that are going to teach him the ways of the force, you can't pick any pick any better too. Anyway, that's a, that's a side topic. 
But uh, yeah, so check out Funny Science Fiction Podcast. And I'm done. I'll shut up now. All right. And our other Anyway, show. so I was thinking. Um... <laughs> Do not make me full name you. I will full name you on the internet. Ooh, I want to hear his full name. <laughs> but anyway, Pop Culture Addicts is our other show that might be a single host show soon. Um, <laughs> whichever way that goes, it might be that I leave. It might be that I kick Tim out. Who knows? <laughs> Your husband's the editor, so I have a feeling it's going in a different right? direction. <laughs> I, might, I might be outnumbered, but, you know, hey, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love Tim too much to be done with him. And also, I don't know how he does half the crap he does. So. I kind of need him. But Pop Culture Addicts is also <laughs> a weekly interview show. Our current episode episode up is with Social Studies Comics, which is an independent comic. Um, and they're really cool. They are kind of 90s cartoon inspired. So think Recess, Doug, Pepper Ann. And that is that is kind of their drawing style, which is... I saw Ed, um, Ed, and Eddie when I saw definitely. this Definitely. Was... Um, our episode next week is... Rena Friedman Watts. She's yeah. a host of a podcast called Better Call Daddy. Uh, she's she's a former showrunner for uh, Jerry Springer, and we had some really cool chats about her trying to find content in Kentucky. Sorry, Kentucky. Uh, but we, we we tried not to bash Kentucky, but we can't. We help may it. have alienated the state. It's possible. It's all right. <laughs> we'll keep Ohio and get rid of Kentucky. <laughs> No, so we are also in a weekly interview show, but we have ooh, a month, month and a half ago, started our Friday Five at Five, which is where either Tim or I, we will alternate talking about our top five favorite things in pop culture, whether it's our top five favorite Hamilton songs, which I did because why not? Um, Tim did Pearl, Pearl Jam? Did you don't do Pearl have Jam? The pilots. Uh, no, I don't the, remember. My, I don't. my top different. five, my you shush your mouth. Uh, the, my top five favorite uh, Scott Weiland cover songs away from Stone Temple Pilots. Yes. Did Sorry. It, if it's not bands. the Paw Patrol puppy names, I can't remember it right now. Like the mom, I have, I have mom brain. Very bad. Yeah, I was about to say mom, mom mode kicked in. Oh, it's like... yeah. It is so bad. I realized the other day that I can never finish a sentence because I'm so used to being interrupted by a tiny person that my brain has stopped figuring out how to finish sentences and it's like it happens it goes away after a few this. years don't worry you'll get you'll get back to normal but that goes up uh friday nights at 5 p.m um i actually recorded today's episode or friday's episode today i am very excited for you guys to see my top five for this week um i will tell you it involves a lightsaber and a crown just because why not they were both within easy reach um but yeah can. we are on YouTube, on all of your places that you can find podcasts, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Google it and you'll find it. Awesome. Everybody out there, coming up on Sunday through these podcasts, we will be live at noon with our friend Jarrell Pyro Johnson. Ooh, He's coming Pyro, on. Pyro, nice. Completely geeky Pyro. with him. And even though he can't say it, we all know that he is off filming Black Panther 2 because of the interwebs. So, That's um, right. It's not, on IMDb, I can say it. Yes. He so just can't. I can't he wait can't, to not but I can. him about that and all the other fun stuff. So, yeah, stay in tune. Yeah, when we go talk to, YouTube, to him. Go to YouTube.com forward slash Mike McGee TV. Uh, a huge fan of Mike's work. He does a lot of very different kinds of videos that I highly recommend people check out. It's, it's not the podcasting format like the rest of us. I highly recommend Mike's work. 
And um, yeah, from all of us, you guys have a great and fantastic Thursday night. Goodbye. It's Wednesday. Bye. This is the Wednesday way. Night.